It's MLS Rivalry Week, which means your eyes need to be glued to the TV all weekend long. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's going on, man? Nothing much, Garrett. It's a crazy week of soccer going on again. It's the summer, so there's, there's never a shortage of things going on. But this particular weekend, weekend, uh, it, it, there's even more going on. Obviously, it's MLS Rivalry Week. You have the uh, Women's World Cup. U.S. women are playing tonight mm-hmm. uh, in the quarterfinals against China. Uh, you have the Andrea Pirlo rumors that are continuing to circulate. Copa America with my Peru getting to the semifinals. Yeah, what's Chile. going on with that? They're, they're, Peru? They're, they're, Come they're, on. They're, 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 hey, don't sleep. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, no, stop it. But anyway, so yeah, so there's enough. There's plenty to talk about, and uh, we have, we'll, we'll make sure to get to all of it. Plus, you missed out. The Gold Cup roster is out. That's just around the corner. I mean, This summer, I know we don't have the World Cup like last year. But I still think, though, this summer has been has been a great summer for soccer, though, especially for American soccer fans. It's just getting started. It's just, it's just getting started. I was just booking my flights for the Gold Cup uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, it's going to be fun, man. Going to be heading down to uh, to Texas, the, down to Dallas, the Dallas Frisco area, uh, Kansas City, uh, up up to Boston, Philly, Baltimore, Atlanta, Hotlanta. We're going to talk about Atlanta too, and their new. Ugh. Their new team nickname, it's which is ho- uh, horrible. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, here's I, I, a little I teaser. We both hate it. <laughs> I don't. You know what? I I wouldn't say I hate it. I just I'm just kind of like, you, you, you know, like if you're the guy at like at the at you're at the art museum and you're looking at a piece and you're like, I don't get it. It's like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Thing. You I'm know like, what? That's a very valid like, point. Yeah. I'm like, I don't get it. So I'm like, I'm not gonna say I hate it. I just don't get it. I don't. But anyway, we'll get on that later. But yeah, there's no shortage of things to talk about. No, not at all. Not at all. But as we said, it's MLS Rivalry Week, and the Red Bulls are going to be going up to the Bronx on Sunday to take on New York City FC, who's experiencing a nice little summer push right here. They're coming into this match, winning three matches in a row. They picked up points in the last four matches. The Red Bulls, they beat Real Salt Lake on Wednesday, so you got to have some positive things going for the Red Bulls. They should have dominated Real Salt Lake. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but Ivis, once again, I mean, you know, we're going to see another hopefully potentially great game between both of these two teams. Yeah, I tell you what, man. The, when the last time these teams played, uh, the Red Bulls, you know, handled they beat NYCFC. They were clearly the top dog, and it seemed like maybe this was going to be a lopsided rivalry. But what do you know? From that from that game to now, it's been a complete turnaround. You've got uh, the NYCFC on a roll. You've got Red Bulls slumping, mm-hmm. and now this one is wide open. And and really, if anything, you could argue NYCFC is the favorite. You have to love the buzz in the city for this match and 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 uh, and and, uh, and the building hype for the game. And I know it's funny because you know there's these there's a lot there's always gonna there's always gonna be skeptics who are like this isn't a rivalry. These teams you know NYC just started, but look there is already a rivalry here. There's already uh, you know some tension. There's already because it's it's two teams trying to buy for the same area, and and that's gonna build that's gonna heighten things. And and you already get that feeling. With uh, around this game and why this game is very important. I mean, look, either way, Red Bulls win. They, I mean, that's hard. That's serious bragging rights. Winning at Yankee Stadium, and if you're NYCFC and you win, then you've defended home turf. You are on your role. You continuing your role, and you're pulling ahead of, or, or you're, I guess they're pulling even with. Uh, you're sticking with the Red Bulls. You're right there with the Red Bulls, and you're keeping the Red Bulls slumping. So. There's so much on on the line in this particular game, and uh, I think it's I think it's gonna be a great game. It's gonna be they're probably gonna sell out Yankee Stadium. Forty eight thousand is 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 max capacity for 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 that for the soccer game, and they, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna sell it out. And just just think about that scene: forty eight thousand filling Yankee Stadium. I think it's gonna be great. It's gonna look awesome. Well, plus the other thing too is for the Red Bulls. I mean, last time these two teams. Um, Matt, I mean, New York defeated them 2-1 to one in, in New Jersey on, on May 10th. This is the second of three matches. I mean, look, if, if New York can beat NYCFC again, I mean, like I said, once again, that's, that's serious bragging rights, and that's, you know, kind of putish, you know, pushing your, your, you know, quote, little brother into the corner to, you know, have him lick his wounds type thing. I mean, for the Red Bulls, I mean, this is a huge victory. Plus, for them, I mean, the last victory was against NYCFC. They did beat Real Salt Lake this past week, but I mean, for them, Red Bulls need points, man. I mean, they they need to get some points. As I mean, they're not out of the picture yet in the Eastern Conference, but but they they need to get some things going here. It's it hasn't been great for them. Uh, I know they got the win uh, on Wednesday. They beat Real Salt Lake, and that 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 helped stop the bleeding to some degree. But I mean, if you watch this game. It's not like they look great. No, nope. they didn't look great at all. First of all, they're playing a shorthanded RSL team. 
that came into the match. They didn't have uh, uh, Saborio, Beckerman, Ola- uh, Olave, Chris Schuler. They're missing. They're missing so many key pieces. And then they get a red card. Javier Morales red card, and then another red card. Uh, Demar Phillips. So they're down to nine men. You're down to nine men, and Red Bull still can't score a goal on you. Down to nine men. I mean, they did get the one goal, so it was one zero. Well, they got, but they got the one goal before the two red cards, though. Right, right. And but it's look, not like the red cards were in the 80th minute. I mean, there was there was a significant number of times still left on the clock for both. It of just shows, but look, it just shows you how much their attack is struggling. And and we, you know, we keep beating this dead horse, but it's like they need reinforcements. They, they, the team does not look good, and, and, and you, you feel like Jesse Marsh is trying to, like, shake things up and find some solution. He puts a, ba- a bong up top, puts Bradley Wright Phillips over on the left wing in the old Thierry Henry uh, left wing slash forward role. And it, it's like they're trying to figure it out, and it's just nothing's really working. I know they got the win. I know they got the win. But if you can't score goals against a team that, that has nine players – this, then, then it's clear there's something wrong here, and well, and, and being at home too, it's not like you're on the road. Yeah, it, it just and, it and, was just, and let's point out that it's not like the Red Bulls' goal was. I mean, Sean Davis. I mean, look, if Mike Grella wasn't there, there's that goal's not going in. I mean, does New York score at all in that game? I, I just, I just, I want to point out that that goal was a very fortunate circumstance nah, of events. The, RS, the RSL fan is speaking. Now. Oh, stop! I'm being <laughs> no, serious though. It's not like it was. I know. Like... It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. No, nothing about that game was pretty, other than the three points for for the Red Bulls. And no, and the whole, and, and we're not like I, I'm not getting onto this whole thing to kind of to crap on that win, but to point out that it's not good enough. That's not. You're, it's still not good enough co- uh, level of play to expect them to get out of this slump. And they're gonna and they're playing an NYCFC team that is playing better. That is gaining yep. confidence, and 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 they're gonna. If the way the Rebels have been playing, I just absolutely cannot, cannot see them walking into Yankee Stadium and getting a win. Even even with Jesse Marsh going on and on, and, and I love look, I love Jesse Marsh, right? Like the guy is a is a first class. Like if he wanted to go into politics, he'd be a first class politician. But he he <laughs> he, 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 he 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 kept he's made this comment over, over the past couple of days on more than one occasion about how. He's probably going to go into this NYCFC game being able to trot out his full, like, what is the first choice 11 for the first time this year. Oh, and, he's, and, and it's a subtle – and you know what it comes down to? It's Ronald Zubar, center back that they, that, they, that they brought in that's supposed to be really good center back. Now, he hasn't played, right? So the sense you get is that he's going to play in this game. He's healthy. He's ready to go. They're going to unveil him in this game. So it, it's his way of saying, you know, without directly mentioning that, it's his way of saying, look, we're finally going to have our full-strength team. But here's the thing. The big issue for this team has been the attack and how bad the attack has been. And guess what? You've had your full-strength attack, and it's not that strong. So even if, yes, your full-strength lineup might be available for the game on Sunday, that that's not changing much about your scoring, about your inability to score, about your attack being pretty toothless. And you know what? So from that standpoint, it's like it's a little misleading. It's a little convenient, but we'll see. You know what? If they go out there and they play great a, a great game, and they look like a cohesive unit, they create chances. Then you know what? Jesse March might look like a little bit more of a a, 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 legit, a legit person when it comes to this 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 circumstance. But for me, I don't think Ronald Zubar is going to suddenly help them create chances. Well, I I think that yeah, and I think that's asking a lot. And I, I mean, at this point, just looking at the Red Bulls. I mean, it's a non-convincing win over Real Salt Lake is not enough to make me think that they can go in and defeat New York City FC, who is trending in the upward direction. I think this game has New York City FC all written all over it. But the Red Bulls, I mean, look, if they can save face and beat New York again, I mean, that 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 just, you know, look, you beat your rivals, that masks masks a lot of things. So look, there's a lot on the line going to this weekend, a lot on the line. Who, who do you have, though? Well, if you're asking me to make a, a score prediction, I've already made it pretty clear that I think uh, NYCFC is going to win this game, but... Uh, I'm gonna go like a I'm gonna go like a two zero NYCFC. I just don't see the I don't you know what I, I need to see something from the Red Bulls and their attack that makes me believe they're actually gonna be able to score against a team that's a, that's a full strength team with a good with a improving defense and NYC's defense is, is getting better. You know Shea Facey uh, has really uh, established himself as a as a as a reliable center back. Uh, Facey who has recently had his loan extended to the end of the year and uh, no one's surprised by that. But uh, yeah, man. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe the Red Bulls will surprise me. Maybe they'll step up and actually play 
their first really good game in a while. They haven't played a good game since they beat NYCFC, and that was that was ages ago. So I'm going to go NYCFC. I'm going to say 2-0. Also, still uh, treading around the rumor mill is the uh, move to, or the, hope, the hopeful potential move of Pirlo moving over to New York City FC. Um, there have been reports that that come out that that are, that are legit that that Sebastian Giovinco um, has spoken to Pirlo about Major League Soccer, which is great. I mean, you want guys who are international players who are in Major League Soccer telling their friends, telling telling teammates that that Major League Soccer is great, which is good. Um, I mean, at this point, I mean, it just seems like everything looks legit except for the fact that Pirlo has signed a contract and he's at training. I mean, it looks like this is pretty much going to happen at this point. Right. I mean, as far as anyone can tell, it, it, it you know it hasn't happened yet. Even though there's been reports, uh, a steady stream of reports for about a month now, saying it's a done deal. It's a done deal. It's not a done deal. Uh, the last I had heard was earlier. Uh, the last update that I personally got was earlier in the week that it wasn't a done deal and that they were still negotiating. But it sounded like it was it was it was going to happen. Like they were just dot, you know dotting the i's and crossing the t's. As of right now, they're still not addressing it. They're still not touching on it. Here we are. It's Friday. It's obviously not going to get announced now. And and you know when you think about it, they, the the rivalry games coming this weekend. That's kind of been the focus of all the publicity and all the promotion uh, leading up to that. So it's not going to happen today. They're not going to unveil them today. Um, and I'm not sure when it's going to happen. It was interesting uh, at the press conference in New York City on Thursday to preview the derby. Uh, you had you know Jason Christ there, David Villa, Chris Wingard, and uh, I actually asked them about Pirlo, and Jason Christ wanted none none of it. He he was pretty much like, we're not talking about that. We're focused on the Derby. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to waste, you know, they're not going to waste their time talking about a player that they've been linked to or that they may yeah. or may not sign. And then, you know, that's fair. Although I would love to have heard the players thoughts on Pirlo. And like, it doesn't like, they. I think they can use their, they're adults. They can talk about a player like that doesn't take suddenly take your focus away from a game. Uh, that's a little convenient on Jason Christ's part. I, I, I can understand why he doesn't want to deal with it. Obviously. I mean, he, He'd, he'd rather have it be where everyone talks about what he wants to talk about and everyone can avoid the topics he wants to avoid. And you know what? Luckily for him, and here in the U.S., you're not going to have a horde of reporters all hounding him about Pirlo. Uh, you know, it's funny enough, you know, I, there was like one question uh, uh, to them about Pirlo in a 20, 25-minute press conference. And then I had someone that I spoke to yesterday who actually made the point that, you know what, if this was England, every single question would have been about Pirlo but you know what? They get off the hook, and it is what it is. But uh, for me, I think Pillar is going to come, and if he does come, I think it's going to be absolutely great signing. And following the uh, the New York game on Sunday is the new end have the Portland Timbers taking on the Seattle Sounders in Portland. This is an interesting game. Portland's coming into this one after losing to the Galaxy 5-0, but the Galaxy are on just a, an insane scoring streak right now. I think they've scored five goals in the last three matches if you count the U.S. Open Cup game against PSA Elite. Seattle, on the other hand, they're struggling right now. Without Clint Dempsey, without Obafemi Martins the last two games, they have lost back-to-back games, clearly showing that they need these guys to come back. They're not going to have them this weekend. Portland has a great opportunity to bounce back from the victory against LA and defeat a shorthanded Seattle Sounders side. I mean, great opportunity for Portland at home on Sunday. Well, it, was, it definitely wasn't an, uh, a pretty uh, Wednesday night game for Portland. They were, they were beaten up uh, by LA. Uh, the Galaxy are on a roll, so you know we'll talk about the Galaxy in a minute. But for Portland, this is a perfect chance to rebound. They're at home. They're against a shorthanded Seattle side. No Dempsey, no Martins. Uh, Portland will, will will be without Liam Ridgewell, who's just suspended, got a red card last game. But you know what? This is still Portland. Portland's game to win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Dempsey and Martins have, have really caused problems for them and everybody in the league. But they've caused problems for Portland. Now you don't have those two guys, and, and I think Portland's defense, even without Ridgewell, I think Portland's defense can rebound from that humbling <laughs> against the Galaxy. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go Portland in this one. I think I think it'll be the usual uh, dramatic uh, Cascadia Derby, but I, you know I'm going to go Portland on this one. I just think they're, they'll, they'll be at home. They'll have that momentum and, and Seattle without their two big guns I think they're just going to struggle you know, Portland before the before the Galaxy game they were on a four game winning streak they've slowly kind up the Western Conference and if you look at this for Portland 
Um, they're still four points out of the first out of out of a tie for first place in the Western Conference with Seattle and Vancouver. If they win this game, one, you're beating Seattle, but then that puts you one point out of the top spot in the Western Conference. And I know it's a long season, but just the significance of that, Ivis, for the Portland Timbers, who just a month ago were out of the playoff position. You kind of wondering what is going on with this team, but for them to rip off four wins in a row. Yes, they lose to the Galaxy, but they're able to beat Seattle. And let's say next week they can win again, claim that top spot in the Western Conference. I mean, that is quite a turnaround for the Portland Timbers. And, I mean, that just shows, I mean, that's credit to a job that Caleb Porter has done for this team this year for to, you know, to get them out of the basement and get them to the top spot. I mean, it, this is a huge, 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 I mean, not that it's just Seattle, but for a lot of reasons. I mean, this is a big game for them this weekend. Right. I mean, it's a big game. I mean, I don't know if anyone in Portland should be talking about first place right now. Right now, the Galaxy... Are, are, are on such a roll that, that, that you know, it's going to be hard to get to them. But if you're Portland, you're happy to be in that, in that mix, that top three in the West. That's where you want to be. You want to, it's June, right? It's early. So you're not really thinking about uh, where you are now. You just want to be in a position so that as you get to the, to the, the stretch run, you can make your move. Um, so right now, I, I don't think Portland, I don't think they're, they're thinking about, oh, we need to try to get to first place. But they're they're in good position, and yeah. it is easy it, it is easy to forget that yeah they they did have this nice nice winning streak. That's the crazy part. They had only given one given up one goal in their last four games, and then LA just shredded them. It just shows you LA they're on a different level right now. Yeah. But if you're but if you're Portland, you can take some solace in, in that. You know what? You are going up against a shorthanded Seattle team, and and to be fair, when it's the rival rivalry, when it's the derby. You can throw things out the window with mm-hmm. when it comes to you know how things should play out, but again, for me, I think the Timbers are going to rebound. I think their defense is going to is going to you know re solidify itself, and I think they're going to win this game. Like I said, no Dempsey, no Martins, and also no Lonzo too. I mean, you're missing oh. three big pieces for Seattle. That's that's tough. Yeah, Alonzo. Yeah, exactly. So not only will like scoring goals be tough. But without Alonzo there in front of that defense to shield things, and and also not having Alonzo. Uh, to deal with Portland's creators, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a great game, but mm-hmm. I think you, you got to give Portland the edge because if, if Seattle manages to win in Portland, huge, or get a point in Portland without their three best players, that's a that's a that's a huge statement. Yeah, no, that is big. That that is very big for them. Well, and speaking of the Seattle Sounders and, and Clint Dempsey, the ruling has finally come down from U.S. Soccer. They have suspended Clint Dempsey two years from U.S. Open Cup competition. That's two years that Dempsey is going to have to miss from the U.S. Open Cup. Um, he doesn't miss any MLS games, doesn't miss any U.S. men's national team games. Misses the U.S. Open Cup. I mean, okay. Misses the Open Cup. I, that, that's how I kind of view this. You don't think that's a stiff punishment? Eh, not really. Okay. That's the, the Open Cup does matter to some. Teams. I know it does. And but... Seattle, Seattle's one of those teams, so now they're not going to have their best, their their captain, uh, for two for at least two years. It could actually yeah, but, be more yeah, but, than two but years. if you, but if you're Seattle though, your focus is on you have to win the MLS Cup. You've won the Open Cup before. I mean, you won a, a quite a few number of times. You got to win that. My point is, he's not missing but, but MLS that, games. But, that, that's, but that that's the point. But caring about the suspension does not all of a sudden suddenly mean you don't care about MLS. Cups. No, like, it I doesn't. Don't, I don't understand that logic. Like it's still a. Very uh, stiff suspension. Like, I, no matter how you look at it, Seattle cannot be happy with it. And again, it's not just two years. It's actually two years or six matches, whichever is greater. That's true. So, let's yes, just, yes. so hypothetically, let's say Seattle, you know, unless they make a, a run to the final in one of these next two uh, um, Open Cups, they, he, he, could, he could end up missing part of a, 20, of a third year. So... I'm not gonna say it's unjust because listen, once you did that with the with the notebook and and, and show up the referee like that, all bets are off, right? Anything's possible. Um, so I mean, I, I I think it's a little. I don't think anybody should dismiss this suspension. Now you want to say, okay, the MLS suspension was light. I, I, I'm all, I'm all, I'm in agreement with that. I think most people agree that it was a little it was a little soft on uh, MLS's part to suspend suspend him for three matches. Given the way their rules are written, and then and again, was three matches fair in general? Like, if there was no rule on the books, no detailed description in the books of what assault is for a referee, people would have far less complaints. But MLS ignored their own written, written, written rules to give him three matches. So I think a lot of people were like, you know, they they, they laughed at that and thought that was that was convenient on MLS's part. But U.S. Soccer. They they put the hammer down, man. I'm sorry. The two years, the Open Cup matters to the Sounders. They've won it. They take it seriously every 
competition. They've won what four of them, five of them. It, so it, it that this one hurts them. This one hurts them. So you know what? If anything, it should. Uh, and he was also fined. He was actually fined by MLS and US Soccer. So I mean, I don't know how you know. We don't know what the fines were, but I mean, in, in, at the end, when you combine all this, all the punishment up. I mean, he he got a pretty fair amount of punishment for this 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 move that he, this you know act that he uh, active is. So hopefully, if anything, we won't. I don't think anyone's going to do what he did again. So that at the end of the day, that's what you you want to kind of send. That's the message you want to send. That it is not okay to do what he did. And I think people have gotten that message. I, I well, I'm trying to think of other players that would do something like that. I I can't name a lot of players who would even think to do something like that either. Would you have said Dempsey would do that, though? I don't know if anyone would have said that. Yeah, I guess it's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's extenuating circumstances. He just had a baby. <laughs> probably, probably hadn't gotten much sleep. No sleep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, new dad rage. <laughs> and before we continue our preview of MLS Rival Week, we just want to let everyone know, if you're looking to represent your favorite international country, international club, or looking for any soccer apparel, we have a smoking deal for you right now. If you visit SoccerLoku.com, you can get 10% off your entire order by entering SBI10 at the cart menu. That's 10% off your entire order. So if you're looking to represent any of your favorite countries, I know, I know some people have multiple countries that represent, SoccerLoku.com is a great place to, uh, to rep your team, Ivis. Yes, sir. If you don't, if you need a jersey, go to Soccer Loco. We we've said it many times before. Uh, it's uh, what are we? We're, we're heading towards July. The Gold Cup is right around mm-hmm. the corner. Like I said earlier, uh, you know, it's already time to start for everybody who's going to be traveling, trying to see the U.S. team defend their Open Cup title. You have to have a jersey, and you want to have a New Jersey ready. Uh, subtle mention of New Jersey. Uh, you want to you, you want to have that New Jersey ready, and, and if you don't have that new that U.S. It's the new U.S. jersey. Soccer logo is the place to get it, so make sure you go get one. Yeah, and that's also for uh, for women's too, so that you can totally gear up there. And plus, not just U.S. Look, I know there's a lot of prime Mexican fans that listen to the show too. I know everyone's probably scoffing at that, but if you want to buy a Mexico jersey, you're more than welcome to. So remember, SoccerLoco.com. Enter an SBI10, and you get 10 percent off your entire order this weekend. Ibis LA Galaxy, who are on a insane roll right now, they're taking on. Um, the San Jose Earthquakes, and and I know we talk about how with rivalries you can throw everything out the window. This is one rivalry where no matter where any team is at going into this between San Jose and L.A., I, there's always fireworks in this game no matter what. I'm looking forward to it this weekend. Uh, yeah, no, they, these two always always go at it. There's always tons of goals. Uh, even even when it seems like, okay, maybe it should be a blowout, it doesn't end up being a blowout. So. LA, LA looks unstoppable right now. They are clicking on all cylinders. Robbie Keane's back. Jesse Zardes is, is clicking. Sebastian Legette, I mean, the, he is on fire. He is. He's been an absolutely great signing for them. Uh, so they're 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 going to be tough to they're going to be tough to beat. But San Jose, Dom Kinnear, the magician, the guy, he he works wonders with with uh, getting results from his team. They've been really one of the surprises of the season so far. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's tough to write them off, especially at home. But you know what? You still. It's tough to it's tough to to beat the the juggernaut right now, and I think I, I I just can't pick against LA right now, given how well they're playing. I think it'll be a good game, but I think LA I think it'll be like a three to one LA. Really? Uh, gonna, I think so, man. I think they're just they're just clicking, man. And 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 as much as San Jose's defense could be, uh, it, it has had some good games. Uh, I, I it's just look, they just tore apart Portland. Portland had given up one goal in four games, and they crushed them. And that was before the Ridgewell red card. The Ridgewell red card—it was already three-zero or four-zero when the Ridgewell the red card happened for Ridgewell. So anyone who didn't watch the game and figures, oh, there was a red card that probably broke no, the game Portland, open. Dude, LA just smoked them. LA stomped them. So you know what? Portland for me, Portland's defense is better than San Jose's defense. So I think I'm not you, saying, yeah, I think you do. You got to give more credit to San Jose, man. They only have one loss in the last eight games. They're coming off a ah. nice victory against the Sounders. They they're coming off a full week's rest. LA has what two days rest going into this game. Plus, it's going to be played at Stanford Stadium, so you're going to have San Jose. You're going to have even more fans that are going to be rocking there. I I don't know if LA is just going to go. I don't know if it's going to be that easy for LA this weekend. I didn't say it's going to be easy, but I just don't think they're going to get. I don't think you're going to stop them, and I don't think I don't think short rest is going to be an issue. Uh, and look, could could San Jose squeeze this one out? Maybe, possibly. I'm not saying it's impossible. 
But I'm going to go L.A., man. They're just on a roll right now. Three to one. I'm going to go three to one, maybe three to two. Three to two would be a nice, fun game. Back and forth. Wanda Lasky gets a couple. Um, so, yeah, you know what? I'll go. You know what? You, you've convinced me. I'm going to go three. Yes. Two. I'm going to go three, two galaxy. Three, two galaxy. That's what I'm going to go. I convinced you to, get, to make a three to two prediction for the guy. Yes, you've closed the spread. It's now uh, three two. That's what you and I should be doing. We should be bookies making spreads for these games. Yeah, we would be no, broke. we wouldn't. We, yeah, okay. we would be broke. Everyone would hate us, and everyone would pick the opposite of what we say. <laughs> I actually, I don't know. I think we do. Pre- I think I do pretty well. I don't know about well. You don't even make picks half the time. No, because so but I, I think I do pretty well. I think I think I uh, I think I've I've called some gems. Actually, apparently the in our last show, I I, I hit. On the nose on Orlando City. I think I said 2-0 in goals from Kyle Aaron and Kaká. So people in Orlando think I have a crystal ball now. Mm. That's what? One prediction out of 50? That's, that's, not, that's not good odds right there. It, okay. I'm doing a little better than that. Just, just, <laughs> for, just for your information. Oh, look, look how defensive you are. I'm just letting you know, man. I'm so just, defensive, man. Take, it's I'm okay. Just, I'm just clarifying since you want to attack my credibility. I mean, I'm not attacking your <laughs> credibility. I'm just, you know, I think your predictions are... You know, well, okay. it's easy. It's easy for the guy who never wants to make predictions. Because it, first off, as uh, you know, I, with this uh, league, it's almost impossible to make predictions. Uh, right, but you, you can still make them. Yeah, I mean, that's I, true. I, I'm, I, I happen to be in a picks league myself this year. How you doing? I'm, and I'm in first place. I'm running away with it. I'm killing it. Actually, well, Wednesday, who's the I, who's I, the I worst person in your league that we know? Nah, people don't know the people in this league. Okay. I mean, Franco, Franco's in it. I, I wouldn't say he's doing well, but uh, <laughs> no, I was hoping you would say it's like you know, like Jimmy Conrad's in last place or something like that. <laughs> no, people don't. No. Well, anyway, I picked six to seven on, on Wednesday, so I'm feeling pretty good about. Wow, myself. six to seven. Look at you. So Wh- you which go. one did you miss? Uh, I threw a little flyer on Chicago. I th- I just figured, you know what? That's reckless. It's MLS. It, well, no, we as we said last show, it's MLS. I know. You know how many times does the worst team in the league? Beat the best team in the league in MLS. It happens way all more time, often than it all should. All the time. So I figured, you know what? Let me throw it a little bit. And it could have happened. It could have happened. Chicago had chances, but it is what it is. Yeah, it is. Um, well, kicking off MLS rivalry week is uh, is FC Dallas and Houston Dynamo on Friday night in Big D. Um, Dallas coming to this match, they they need to get something going here, Ivis. They're struggling right now. Houston, on one hand, I mean, Houston has some positives going to this match. You have Giles Barnes returning. Yeah, Brad Davis, he'll be also playing as well. Um, I, I don't want to say that Houston can beat FC Dallas, but but just with the way Dallas is playing, Houston's getting some key players back. I, I think this is a good opportunity for Houston to leapfrog Dallas in the standings in the Western Conference. I don't know what's going on in Dallas, man. Uh, it, it's I mean, look, no one should be surprised, right? I mean, they, how many years in a row now that they've been they've started amazingly, think, and then they th- get to the summer. This is the, this is the third year in a row now. This is what is going. This was the what is what happens in Dallas in June, like <laughs> is that just totally get takes the, the team off the rails. I I, I wish I knew, but uh, th- I think this should, this I think this will be an interesting matchup. You know, I think Houston is a team that again we're talking about a, a, quietly now. I feel like they've done pretty well, uh, exceeded expectations a bit because I think a lot of people thought they would struggle struggle this year. So uh, and Dallas, I, I wish I knew what was up with them. I mean, I feel like they still have talent. Mm-hmm. They should be doing better than they're doing. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Houston in this one. Uh, I, I'm actually gonna, I'm heading down to Dallas first time in a while uh, for the Gold Cup, so maybe I can I can do some investigating into just why Dallas is in the slump they're in. And to answer your question, I'm, I'm going back and looking through all of the year standings. Um, Dallas, this is now the uh, you could say this is the fourth year in a row where the season started off pretty well, then May hit and they struggled. The difference is last year is they got out of this funk once July hit, which we definitely saw that last year with FC Dallas when they turned it around, able to make that late playoff rush, and they looked almost unbeatable at times throughout the season. I mean, for Dallas, with a tough Western Conference, they have to figure it out sooner rather than later. I mean, if this goes continues into August, I just there's no way Dallas can turn around and at least try to salvage of, of making the playoffs as the fifth or sixth seed. I mean, they, they have to get... This weekend is a game they need to win, and they need to start piling on some wins. This stretches in August. There's no way Dallas makes the playoffs. We've said it before. We've said it. I'll say it again. Dallas. I feel like they need to go uh, add some add some attacking quality to this team. I mean, they have play, look. They have Ivan Castillo, Tetrock and Dele, uh, who I believe he made the Gold Cup roster. I think mean, I mean, he, he he might be heading off. Um, Mauro Diaz, obviously a guy who I think you know, as good as he is, I feel like the, his teammates aren't ma- are making the most of his quality. 
Uh, I feel like they need to go get another player. I mean, Blas Perez hasn't had the greatest of years. Uh, maybe he's coming out. He's he's on the downside. Uh, they need to go get somebody. They need to add a, a player this summer if the, if possible. They, if they have the cap room, they need the they need another impact attacker uh, and to turn things around. I don't know if they're the I don't know if their team as constituted is it, it has what it takes to really challenge in the West. As tough as the West is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think they're going to struggle unless they go add some talent. That's the thing. Also, you're right. Tesho Akinelli did make um, the can- Canadian Gold Cup roster. Uh, and also, I mean, we didn't mention this too, but FC Dallas did re-sign him and Mauro Diaz and Moises Hernandez to uh, to contract extensions as well too. So FC Dallas locking down their younger players. Yeah, they, I saw that. I, but, you know, the one player who they did, I, I don't think they have locked up yet is Victor Uyoa. Like, what's up with that? I mean, he's... I feel like he's 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 an un, very underrated player for them. I think he's a good, very good midfielder. Uh, he doesn't get nearly the 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 buzz that he maybe he deserves. And and where's his new contract? I, I don't know, man. I his think last name's he, too uh, hard to pronounce. That's why. Yeah, is it Uloa? <laughs> is it Uyoa? Uh, either way, good good underrated midfielder. And and FC Dallas, if you're gonna lock up all your guys, where's his deal? Uh, well, maybe they are. Know. Maybe they are. They just haven't come to an agreement yet. Maybe he's just waiting know. to see what the other guys sign to. Eh, maybe we'll see. I tell you what, though, I have a feeling in a year from now, uh, or, you know, his contract will be up. We'll be like, oh, how did he get away? And then we'll know why. Really? Hmm. We'll see. Hey, they have time. They have time. Ed. Come on, guys. They have time. <laughs> yeah, they have bigger things to worry about. Yeah, they, yeah, they got to turn their season around. Um, and in the early match on Saturday is a big matchup between DC United and Toronto FC. DC is on the road going into this match, but look, they're running away with the Eastern Conference. They're 10 points ahead of second place New England Revolution in the standings. Toronto FC, they're also looking pretty good. Um, they have four wins in the last five matches. They picked up points in their last six matches. You can even send that even further um, to April 26th when Toronto really kind of started to turn their season around. More importantly for them, Josie Altador is back. He's scoring goals. That's a big boost for them. Um, this is going to be a big match, I guess, between D.C. and Toronto FC. Uh, this is, this, I'm really looking forward to this match on Saturday morning. D.C. United with a 10-point lead, man. That is crazy. I mean, they just... It, 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 they're such an interesting team, right? Because they don't they don't blow teams away, they don't dominate teams. They just win games, man. They just grind out results. And credit to them, it's it's been it's working wonders for them. They're they're, la- they're lapping the field in the East. They're pulling away in the supporter shield race. They're they're five points ahead of everybody right now uh, <clears throat> in the supporter shield race. Even though to be fair, uh, Seattle and Vancouver, who are five points behind them. Uh, both have two game two games in hand on DC, but look ben, credit to Ben Olsen. Uh, he he's done a good job of not not only you know putting the team together, but balancing minutes. Uh, uh, you know handling these these double game weeks the way he does. He he makes sure to rest his veterans. He's done a really good job of managing this group. And you know does that mean uh, they're going to stay on this run the the whole year? I mean it's MLS, so you know there, there's always going to be slumps. There's always going to be slides, but Right now, you pull 10 points ahead of New England, 11 points ahead of Orlando. I mean, TFC is kind of is sitting there lurking. Uh, they have, think about this. TFC has five games in hand on D.C. United. Five. Five games in hand. That's crazy. The Red Bulls, four games in hand. Columbus, three games in hand. So the 10-point the, the, the gap you know, might be a little misleading, but credit to D.C., man. They, they've been on a roll. Mm-hmm. Now, this match... I think TFC, man, they, they're at home. They're coming off a big win. Uh, I think they're going to beat DC. I think they're going to beat DC. Nothing against DC, but I just think uh, TFC being at home, uh, the way that the, the way they looked on Wednesday. I mean, they played. They have their big three playing well. Javinko, Bradley, Josie Altidore scored a goal. Bradley, right? Joe Javinko, you can argue is, is is playing the best soccer in the league. But Michael Bradley is on a on a run of form right now. Where he is playing some of the best soccer of his career, of his career, man, yep. and, and it's it's great to see. And I just don't, I just don't know if DC is going to be able to handle that. I, I think, I think this is going to be a great game, but I, I'm going to go TFC in this one. I think you're crazy. I think Luis Silva is going to go up there, come off the bench, and score two goals. <laughs> uh, no way. Yes, no you watch. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling. All it. right. So you call the DC win with Silva, dude. I like I'll- DC, man. They just have veterans. Look, they have a good mix. 
of veteran players who know how to get the job done, and they have some younger guys who are who are hitting the formative years of their careers who are stepping up and providing big minutes for them. DC is a very sound, very good team. They're good, man. They're very that's good. All, that's all well and good, but they're going to lose to TFC. They're not going to. I'm, I'm Javinko, Javinko, Bradley, book it. TFC, two, two to one. Two to one TFC. That, you're insane. Luis Silva's going to score a brace, and they're going to re-sign... Dwayne Day Rosario later tonight, and then he'll score a goal too. So I'm going three zero DC netted over over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> over Toronto okay, I'm pretty sure he's on the pay. I'm pretty sure he's on TFC's payroll, so I I don't think he's going anywhere. Are you sure? Because I thought you were on Portland's. I'm I'm sorry. I thought you were on Toronto's PR team. What are you talking about? You know Pablo. You know Pablo. Pablo, your boy. You know t- telling everyone that you're on Toronto's PR list. Oh yeah. Oh, because of the uh, <laughs> Dam- By the way, how funny is that? That Damian Perkis. And Andrew Jacobson, neither one of them gets a suspension. Oh, I know for, for their little tête-à-tête. Amazing. And, I, and I'm not sitting here crying about the, that they should have gotten suspended, but I thought that was interesting because, you know, there, there was a precedent set. Clint Dempsey got two games. Clint Dempsey got a two-game suspension for for slapping Mark Bloom in the in the nuts, <laughs> and then Damian Perkis <laughs> does the same thing, and he got nothing. Andrew Jacobson. Uh, you know, with the the arm, like the the elbow slash forearm shiver to Perkis's back, got nothing. And and I, I, I look, I tweeted this. I said, because at the t- originally everyone saw Andrew Jacobson's uh, elbow, and and no, and people had noticed that Perkis, you know, gave him the nut shot right before that. So I tweeted both both inc- incidents, and I said, I said, look, either you, you you suspend them both, or you don't suspend either of them. And I and, and I thought that and I thought that would have been fair. I thought it would have been unfair to suspend only one of them. And I guess you know what MLS they agreed. They looked at it and says, "Yeah, we just won't suspend either one of them. We're, it's just a, it's a, we're taking it easy on everybody this week. That way, maybe that you know what? Think about it this way. There's mm. a little conspiracy theory for you. Oh, jeez. MLS has gotten a lot of flack, especially for the Dempsey suspension, and how it buys how how it how it, how it feeds into the long-standing notion that MLS coddles its star players. It takes care of its star players. It, it, it gives its star players uh, carte blanche to do what they want. So maybe they figured, you know what? If we let Perkis and Jacobson off the hook, if we don't suspend them, then there you go. We're, we're equal opportunity, uh, you know, cushy, cushy bosses. And, uh, you know, so we didn't put it. We, 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 don't, we don't just let stars get away with stuff. We let the average Joes get away with stuff. And maybe that's maybe that was part of the decision. Yeah. Uh... It's, just a thought. It's just a, no, because think about it. If they had suspended what? those guys, you know the the immediate reaction from people would have been, "Oh, but Clint Dempsey only gets three games." You know, it would have been. It would have absolutely been about Clint Dempsey. Uh, so it's subtle. These are the subtleties of how MLS handles things. And uh, you know what? I guess you can't blame them. And speaking of rivalries, how about this one right here? This is going to be some fireworks. These two teams hate each other. New England Revolution, Vancouver Whitecaps, New England. Uh, coming off a victory for them, which is nice, hopefully, potentially ending this uh, this kind of summer skid that they're on. Vancouver's on the road. It's a cross-country trip for them. Very long. Um, look, New England, good opportunity for them at home to take advantage of what may potentially be a shorthand at Vancouver Whitecap side. No, this is a, this is a derby. What are you talking about? This is the <laughs> this is the uh, this is the artificial turf derby, man. Oh, oh, there um, you go, Astro, uh, uh, astroturf derby. <laughs> Uh, is that even a thing anymore? Is I don't it, know if any, does anybody still use AstroTurf. I don't, I don't think they do. I think okay. I think everyone who's under the age of eighteen probably is like, "What are you talking about? What yeah, is AstroTurf?" Well, right, exactly. Um, no, no, this is this is New England needs this one, man. I, I feel like they, they 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 need to if they if they still have aspirations. Number one, if they have aspirations of catching DC United, um, they 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 need to start winning all their home games. Uh, number two, if things are tightening up in the East right now, if you think about it, when you look at the Eastern Conference standings, underneath DC, you have New England, and then you have what six, uh, five other teams, kind of in striking distance to them. Um, even though, like the Red Bulls are four points behind New England with three in hand, Columbus is you know four points with two in hand, uh, and so on and so forth. So New England, they can't afford too many more slip ups because uh, they, you know they're going to suddenly find themselves. Going from competing for first to dropping down to fifth and sixth, it happens that quickly, and and they of all pe- of all teams know that because we saw it last year when they when they dropped you know was it eight in a row nine in a row. So I think New England needs to win this. I think they will win this. I think they'll rebound from the midweek loss uh, to Columbus. I think I think the, I think they'll 
they'll respond accordingly. And yes, Vancouver traveling across the country is not going to make things easier for them. So I'm going to go New England in this one. Uh, Sporting Kansas City taking on Colorado Rapids. Here's a stat for you. Sporting Kansas City has not lost a game against the Rapids since 2009. That's 2009, Ivis. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb here and say that Sporting Kansas City defeats the Colorado Rapids this weekend. <laughs> Who's... Every nobody outside of Colorado disagrees with you. I think any, I think anyone, and even I'm sure even some Colorado fans. Now nah, you know what? I'll go. I'll, yeah, you have to go KC on this one. Uh, Colorado's just not haven't shown much. Uh, KC uh, did not have a midweek game that they'll be nice and rested. And you know what? They're 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 doing their thing. You know they're they're currently in fifth fifth place in the West, and and I'm sure they see this as an opportunity to to try to push Portland for fourth, especially if Portland playing Seattle this week. I'm going to go KC in this one, in a romp. Um, excuse me, Columbus Crew taking on Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake, as we talked about a little bit earlier, they're going to be missing um, some key players. Saparillo is also out as well. Um, it's it's a home game for Real Salt Lake, but, I mean, let's face it, they're missing two of their probably best three players. It's tough for them. They're struggling. Columbus, they're coming off a midweek game against New England Revolution. I, I know Columbus is, is not in the greatest position either. But, I mean, when you look at both these teams right here and just kind of going into the season where you kind of had some hope for these teams, I mean, this is a very big game for both of these sides. I agree. And look, the season's not over for Columbus just because they had some struggles. You know, I think that win against New England on Wednesday was a big kind of stop-the-bleeding moment for them. Uh, And they're they're still right in that playoff race. I mean, they're 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 in fifth place right now. Um, Well, tied for fifth with with the Red Bulls. Uh, They're they're a team, and they haven't had Will Trapp. They're going to... Uh, even though there's still no hard timetable on when he'll return, if it, when he returns, that's going to be a big lift for them. Um, I do. Th- I agree with you. I think this is a big game for them. Uh, RSL is uh, they're going to be at home, but no Javier Morales. Uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tough. I, I'm, uh... I, mean, I mean, it's not like RSL's <laughs> down in the dumps. I mean, they are sticking around, but it's just it's not enough to. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, one thing with uh, what's interesting with Real Salt Lake, and I, I was able to see them on Wednesday. Uh, you know, I was at Red Bull Arena, and it was, obviously it wasn't a great showing for them, but having a chance to talk to Jeff Kassar, Luke Mulholland, you know, a couple of the guys there with RSL, the sense you get is that they realize that the season hasn't been great for them, but they've been sticking around. Mm-hmm. They've been kind of like treading water, so to speak, and they've dealt with a lot of stuff <clears throat> injuries, international call ups. Um, yep. Uh, suspensions, all, all sorts of things. So they, I think they're a team that people have kind of completely forgotten about. But when once I think you get through the summer and the Gold Cup and all the absences that are, that they're going to have, if they can keep in in striking distance, and right now they're only two points out of a playoff spot. Of course, with, uh, RSL's is still, I think RSL's a team that we shouldn't write off just yet. Uh, having said that, for right now, I think they're not in good shape. I think Columbus goes up there, even though it's tough to, to, to necessarily win it. It's all uh, up at Salt Lake with the altitude and everything. I'm going to go Columbus for an upset win there. Look, we're, we're also Lake's probably what one or two just solid players away from having once again a solid team. They lost a lot of pieces over the years. I mean, we've talked about that, but hey, they stick around because they have some quality. And the last game of the weekend is the Montreal Impact and Philadelphia Union. Uh, I know Philadelphia has shown some life as of late, but to me, that that's just not enough. Um, I think Montreal takes care of business this weekend. Yeah, man, Montreal. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Montreal. I, I agree with you there. I mean, it's uh, Philly. I don't know, man. They're 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 hard to they're a hard team to read. I mean, I, they obviously they played Seattle. They got that win. CJ Sepong is, is lighting it up right now. The guy can't stop scoring, which is great. It's great to see uh, Sepong kind of, you know, kind of get his act together. And, and, and he was very – I feel like, you know, I had a chance to talk to him. He, he feel, It felt like he, he learned a lot from that whole incident from early in the year, the drunk driving charge and, 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 and going into, into treatment. Uh, he's come out of that with a whole, a whole fresh perspective on things, and it's really good to see – uh, respond because he's you know he's a good guy you know I I know him pretty well I had a chance to, to talk to him through the years and 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 he's you seem like he's a good he's, he seems like a guy with a good heart but you know obviously he he made he made mistakes uh, and he's killing it right now but Philly as a team though not convinced on their part I think Montreal is a, a Montreal I'm gonna give Montreal the edge even though they're the road team I'm gonna go Montreal two to one. All right, and now it's time for us to review, critique, and uh, and analyze the new team name for the Atlanta Major League Soccer franchise, which came out this week. They are now going to be known 
as Atlanta United FC. To me, it's, um, like you said, it's like an art painting. You just kind of look at it and say, eh, really? Eh. To me, the name does nothing. I wish they could have picked something a little bit different. That, see, I'm, the reason I'm not going to sit here and, and crush it completely is because, I, I mean, I personally don't know what would have been a good nickname. I mean, I know I've heard people say, like, Terminus. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't know if that's better. I don't better. know about I don't that. Know that. I don't know if that's better. You know, uh, I don't like that one either. But uh, one thing I did find interesting in this whole thing is the reaction from DC United fans. Cause apparently, and oh, it's not my all gosh. It's not all of them. It's some of them. Uh, apparently, a lot of DC United fans are not happy because it's like, hey, you can't have why you can't be united. We're united, and it's like, like no, like United is such a standard like part of a nickname. Like you can't claim that. You can't just get to be the only United in the league uh, because you were the first one. Like no, that's not how it works. That's not an, this is not an insult to DC United. This is not an affront to DC United. You don't own United. You are DC United. So anyone else who wants to come along. Uh, after you and, and add that nickname or add that to their nickname, uh, is it original? No. But you know what? There's no reason you can't have more than one United. None. And I think uh, as of right now, how many Uniteds are there in MLS? Is, is there one other one somewhere? Are we forgetting another United? No, there there's, there's DC United. and There's no other Uniteds, right? No, is there, it. Uh, 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 nah, there's no other United. That's fine. So DC, you know what? Congratulations, you had United. No one else took United, but it doesn't. It, you don't own it. You don't own it. And and I don't. You know, I, not to say all DC fans feel that way, but apparently some feel that way. Um, United just means that's you know, it's it's your city is united. Your your club is united. Uh, like I, I'm sorry, I, I just I didn't buy. I didn't get that whole thing. I mean, uh, uh, other leagues in the world that use United have like four or five or six Uniteds. Like who cares? Like at the end of the day, it's the city that you represent that matters. But right? but my thing is that they have. I look, I, and I and I'm not saying this with the whole DC United thing. I could care less about that because I mean, it's not like DC United had their team name in the 1850s and then you know Manchester United stole from them. I mean, there are tons of them. But my thing is, couldn't they just be like Atlanta FC? I mean, do they have to put United in there? It's just like, uh, I mean, what can? I mean, I don't know the league. I don't know who owns the Atlanta Chiefs, the old NASL team. I'm sure they maybe they explore that option, but. Couldn't they have gone with the Atlanta Chiefs? I, I don't know. I just I wish they didn't have United in there. That's my only thing. It just, to me, it just it doesn't do anything. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sold on it. Uh, but yeah, but again, as someone pointed out, as one of, as one of my followers on Twitter mentioned, uh, people didn't like Sporting Kansas City when it was when it when they first uh, made that change, and uh, it's kind of grown on people. You get used to it. Uh, so maybe you know, maybe a couple, maybe a couple years from now, uh, Atlanta United. Will- It'll, uh, it'll just kind of grow on people, but for right now, I, I don't. I don't hear many people sitting there saying, "Oh yeah, this was great. This was an absolutely uh, knock it out of the park decision." Yeah. Well, plus the other thing too is everyone's killing them for the colors. Hello, the guy who owns Atlanta United also owns the Atlanta Falcons. It's the same color scheme yeah. for both teams. Exactly. I mean, are we yeah. surprised by that? No, we should not. That, be. The, I know. That, that's, people that's, need to get that yeah. off. I mean, the, it's the people. Oh, they have red and black. It's, it's like, dude, he owns the Falcons. I mean, are you surprised he chose the same colors? You shouldn't be. I feel, I feel like all the teams in Atlanta have red in them, right? I mean, Atlanta Silverbacks wear red. Atlanta Braves have some red in them. The Hawks, I believe, have yeah. some red. So, like, red's like an Atlanta thing. So, like, what? Exactly. Like, so what? Like, I, the, I, I hadn't heard that about the color as much as I've heard about the United. I did. Well, I saw, you know, people saying, oh, well, they, you know, the D.C. United thing. Then I saw some people saying, well, D.C. United has the monopoly on black and red. No, no they don't. <laughs> really? I saw that too. No. I, I I did see some things like oh, that, and, and I get down, and I get how people could be upset, but it, it's just like settle down. You don't own colors. It's not uh, you know, especially not like major like main colors. Like if you have like like Seattle, <coughs> obviously they're green. Like if it, yeah, it'd be weird for another team to wear their green. That's like a very unique, specific color. Red and black, really? You trying to claim those colors? Like give me a break. Like I don't know. People need to relax. I yeah it's yeah. well look it's okay we'll, we'll see if the name grows on us we we will see and we'd like to remind everyone once again listen to this show that if you're looking for a great place to gear up for the summer prepare for the upcoming fall season because I know we got a lot of people listening to the show that play high school soccer probably play college soccer or you're probably some boss player in your co-ed league and you're looking looking for new cleats remember you can go to soccerloco.com Ivis and I have, have done an awesome deal with them. 
where you can get 10% off your entire order. All you have to do is enter an SBI 10 and you get 10% off your entire order. That's apparel. They got Adidas, Under Armour, Nike, anything you need to gear up for the soccer season. Remember, SoccerLoco.com, enter an SBI 10, 10% off your entire order. Tonight, Ivis... And tonight, the U.S. women's national team will be looking to advance to the semifinals when they take on China. Uh, the U.S., let's face it, Ivis, they, they won their games, they've taken care of business, but they haven't looked the most impressive side throughout the World Cup. You're going to see a much different midfield without Lauren Holiday there. You also have Megan Rapino out of the game. So Jill Ellis has some options here. We've talked about this. Do you move Julie Johnson up to the midfield? What do you do with Abby Wambach? Do you bench her? The U.S. women need a convincing game. I think to, one, convince a lot of people that this U.S. women's team can actually win the World Cup Big match tonight against China. Yeah, yeah I would say this. They, women don't need a convincing win to convince anybody. They need a, a convincing win to start playing at a level that's going to get them past the semis. And right now, they're not playing at that level. They just aren't. And I did find it, I do find it interesting, the, the reaction within the U.S. women's team about the negative backlash of, their, of the level of play. And it's like, I just don't think they get it. It isn't about us. It isn't about fans wanting to be entertained. It's about you guys are not playing well enough to win the World Cup. And I think they're in denial if they think they are. They got to know. They got to know it hasn't been good enough. You look at the other teams in this tournament, Germany, uh, Japan, France. Uh, you are not beating those teams playing no. what you've been playing. So let's see if now against China they can step it up. And I know they're missing Rapino. I know they're missing Holiday, But they should still be able to show something and we'll see we'll see if they step it up we'll see if jill ellis fights finds the right combination because yeah it, it wouldn't yeah, survive in advance that's all well and good but you're not gonna survive much beyond this round if you don't start playing better no not at all and and to make matters worse i mean look megan rapino has been you could you could say she's been the best player so far throughout the u.s women throughout this world cup she's out um, the midfield has been hor- hor- has just been horrendous. There's just been there's no midfielder. There's been no player in the midfield who's like you know I I can put the back on my team. I'm talking like a Michael Bradley type player who can just carry this team. I mean they're going to need players to step up. Whether that's let's say Amy Rodriguez gets a start. I mean Sydney Larue has just kind of had an atrocious World Cup. Alex Morgan I know she's been injured. She needs to turn around. Abby Wambach she needs to step up. It's just. I mean, look, outside Megan Rapinoe and Julie Johnston, and you could say Hope Solo, but no one else has had a good World Cup for this team. And it's, and it's kind of surprising, really, because when you look at them on paper, they all look like great players. You, just, you have three players who are playing well, and everyone else is playing below, below average right now. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing, you could say. Right, and it's up, to, it's up to Ellis. It's up to Ellis to find the right combination. That's what your coach does. And as of right now, I just don't feel like she has put the, the right pieces together to make it... Uh, a team that's maximizing its ability, and 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 she she can talk a good game, and if you listen to Jill Ellis, she says all the right things. She is she's great to listen to when she talks about what the state of the team and and how how things are going. But the the, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is on the field, and we haven't seen it. And maybe we'll, and this game against China will tell us. I mean, if they lose, then then definitely we'll know what the deal is. But if they if they have another another weak performance. How does anyone honestly see them going into the semis and beating a Germany or France? I, I just don't get how people could honestly see that happening. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, speaking of international, U.S. men's national team, they're going to be gearing up for the Gold Cup here in a little bit. Jurgen Klinsmann announced his 23-man roster. He can make some changes, but this, he, he announced his 23-man roster after breaking it down from the provisional um, 36-man roster. Not too many surprises. I would have liked to see um, Jordan Morris in there, uh, but also now Breck Shea is out due to an injury, so he won't be with the Gold Cup. Um, yeah, some other things in there. Brad Evans made the team. Um, you know, it's just some, some, I mean, look, you have your main guys in there. Michael Bradley's going to be in there. Clint Dempsey's going to be there. I think people were surprised to see Chris Wondolowski. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you saw the roster that Jurgen Klinsmann put out, I mean, were you surprised by any of the names or anything that you saw? Well, there were definitely some surprises, uh, as you mentioned. Chris, I, th- I feel like people, Chris Wondolowski making the group was a surprise um, on some levels. On other levels, it wasn't. Um, I think I feel like I mentioned it before. Number one, he's playing well in MLS. Number two, he's a very good locker room guy, and Klinsmann is a big believer in putting together a, a team. Uh, a group of guys that can, can that can work together, that can bond, and has a nice balance of uh, good guys in the locker room. Obviously, the talent on the field, and, and I feel like he sees Wondolowski as being that guy that's a good good for the locker room guy. 
Uh, he beats out a guy. He beats out a Juan Agudelo, who, let's face it, he did not look good in the June friendlies. That he did not help his case. And and you wonder if at the end of the day, the personality part of things uh, helped Wondolowski beat out an Agudelo because you don't you know is Agudelo a giver as as he's not a pure giver uh, as as Jurgen Klinsmann likes to talk about. Uh, where Wondolowski, you feel you know, all you hear about is what a good teammate he is, how much he supports his teammates, and he's and he's a a team player. And I think he got that edge maybe over Agudelo on that front. Jordan Morris. Little, I'm not going to say I'm surprised he didn't make this part of it, but when I was projecting things, I still could see him as a knockout round off the bench guy. That that's something to look out for. For me, the left back position was a little bit surprising at the time of the announcement because we didn't know about Breckshay's injury, um, but now it came out that Breckshay's been injured, and that's why he didn't make the team. The one I'm surprised, Greg Garza. All I, from what I understand, he's healthy. He is healthy. So I'm a little shocked that you, not only do you not ha- – you don't have a left back on this roster. A le- a, like a guy who plays re- left back regularly. How do, if you don't, if Brex stays out, how do you not call in Greg Garza? I was a little surprised by that. Obviously, uh, DeMarcus Beasley didn't make it either. Uh, you put DeMarcus Beasley on your provisional roster, and then you don't call him in when you don't have Shea, when you don't call in Garza. I'm a little – that surprises me a little, although – I think it means for me. I think it means Timmy Chandler is going to see steady minutes at left back, uh, and I think you're going to see Fabian Johnson at right back. I think that's what I think that's the combo we're going to see. I know Brad Evans is there. Um, Matt Beasler was another, obviously a big, a big uh, quote unquote snub. Although maybe we'll see him in the knockout rounds. Yeah. But to Tim Ream, it's good to see Tim Ream uh, mm-hmm. be rewarded. He's played really well for Bolton, uh, and he's a guy who, if you're looking at left center backs. All things considered, Tim Ream's on better form than Matt Beasler is. So uh, I still think John Brooks is your starter. I think Brooks and um, Brooks and Alvarado uh, or Brooks and Gonzalez. I think Brooks and Gonzalez will be your tandem uh, at the end of the day when it's, a knock, when it's the key knockout round matches. I think that's the group we're going to see. But uh, I think that, yeah, Beasler, Garza, uh, Jordan Morris to a little extent – but th- I think those were the real, real surprises for me. Well, maybe we'll see. Uh, you're gonna do like a three-five-two, right? And have three center backs. You think about it. You can have Omar Gonzalez, Tim Ream, and Mitra Alvarado, and then your wing backs are like DeAndre Yedlin and Timmy Chandler flanking up all all game long. Oh, think about that, Ivis. Just think about I, that. I, I just don't know if Klinsman's gonna experiment. Why doesn't he? And, and, that, and, I, ah. Now, you do that in your friendlies, man. You don't do that in the Gold Cup. That's that's, no, that's the, pretty, the group stages in the reckless. Gold Cup are friendlies. Come on. I don't know, man. You, you, that's the thing. Once you start messing around with that, then you know things can go wrong. I mean, look, they're they're gonna get out of the group, right? But is it, it, it? I don't know. I I just don't see him experiment. It'd be great, right? If he if he, you know, took one game and 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 took a look at a three five two. But I I don't think I don't think we're gonna see three five two. I think four four two is the way to go when you look at the personnel. And and yeah, you could throw those names out there: Reem, Alvarado, and and Omar Gonzalez. But who's the leader of that back three? You need a guy who's a real organizer in the back, who's a vocal guy in the back, uh, uh, and I don't know if any of those guys can be that guy. I think I think Klinsman wanted Jermaine Jones to be that guy, but that didn't work out. And uh, mm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there's a guy in that center back pool who you can have be the orchestrator to be the composer in the back. I just don't see it. Yeah. So. That until you have a guy like that, I think you have to stick to a four four two. Well, the U.S. they have a friendly coming up here. That will be July third uh, when they take on Guatemala in preparation for the Gold Cup, and then the Gold Cup kicks off July seventh in Texas in, in Dallas. Excuse me, um, when they play Honduras, and over the next week, I mean, we'll be providing um, tons of U.S. men's national team coverage. Um, before we wrap up the show, Ivis, we have to talk about the Copa America, and I'll give you your soapbox here. Um, Peru beat Bolivia three to one. Go ahead, Ivis. Paulo Guerrero, one of the best players in the world. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's great. Like, great. I, I, I don't know. I had Peru winning that game. Um, I think most people should have had them. Be Bolivia was the weakest quarterfinalist, so credit to Peru. They won. We got to talk about this Chile game. Chile, Uruguay. I mean. That's it? That's all you're going to say on like, Peru? Come on. I'm giving you your chance here. People, people don't want to hear about Peru. All right. All right. I mean, all right. People, Peru has done great. They've exceeded expectations. They're in the semis. Not many would have had them in the semis. I, do, I didn't have them in the semis. Uh, but so it's great. I mean, they see, they're showing some potential going forward. But Chile-Uruguay was a game that was just ridiculous. It was just crazy. Uh, the whole Edison Cavani red card and Gonzalo Jara, that guy, 
talk about public enemy number one oh, now. Oh, jeez. He, he, it's the backlash is, is is serious. I mean, he 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 really pissed a lot of people off because he. I mean, for those and I can, if you missed it, Gonzalo Jara, the the, the Chilean player, sticks his finger in Edison <laughs> Cavani's butt. Uh, Disgusting. And then. Yeah, and then Cavani, in in his reaction, kind of playfully slaps him in the cheek, right? Not like a real punch or slap, but like playful kind of touches cheek. And then Hara like, collapses, yeah. and the referee buys it, gives Cavani a second yellow, sends Cavani off uh, in in what was just a, such a miscarriage of justice. It's unbelievable. Uh, and then Ecuador went uh, Uruguay went and went on to lose. Uh, down a man and then eventually down two men. The referee completely lost control of the game. But Gonzalo Jara, I don't know if it's been decided yet, but if he isn't suspended for the rest of this tournament, there is no justice. The guy should be suspended for a long time. And I, I, the one good thing to see is already apparently his club team want, is like, you can go. <laughs> like his club team's like, yeah, we don't really, uh, we don't get down like that. Sorry, buddy. You're, you know, you can leave if you want. It's so, dis- you know I, I couldn't believe oh. how just chill Cavani was on it, though. If someone did that to me, I would have reached around and slugged him in the face. <laughs> You'd have bought him a drink. Come on. Uh, no, but uh, yeah. <laughs> who You're I- so stupid. <laughs> who, yeah, seriously. Who, 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 like, who thinks of that? Like, who, how, who, how does that go in your, uh, how does that process, get processed in your brain? It says, I know what I'll do. I'll stick my finger in his butt. Like, I, I, that's, I, I, like, uh, that's, I don't know. And, and no apparently, that's not like the, apparently it's not the first time he's done some shady stuff. Apparently he, uh, I saw a video uh, recently of, of him, like him and Luis Suarez were like tangled up in a penalty area. And he like grabbed his junk and he like grabbed his crotch, he grabbed his crotch. And it's like, <sighs> what is going on here? Like, dude, like you need some therapy. You need, you need, like, you can't just assault people on the field like that. That's just cro- that's crossing a line yeah. that does not need to be crossed. That's <laughs> I'm like getting like the thought in my head of Ugh. no, thank you, no, thank you. Uh, but as you said, it though, sounds like he's been, it sounds like he's been suspended. I mean, I don't see an official word yet, but uh, I can't imagine he's going to play again. No, he shouldn't at all. I mean, it's that's that's completely unacceptable. Plus, I mean. The other thing that just amazes me, I mean, there's a million cameras. And in what world does he think he's going to get away with that in? Or do you just completely just zone out and you forget really where you are in that moment? I mean, there's just no uh, way he, you can get away with that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's 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 a veteran. Maybe, you know, growing up, he could, he, he if you play that way growing up and you're used to getting away with dirt, like dirtiest tactics like that, then you then you think you can get away with it. I mean, look at Damian Perkis uh, in the game against uh, with Andrew Jacobson. Uh, they're they're tangling up in a penalty area. You grow up from the youth leagues, rec, you know, all the way up, you know, those levels. And, and if that kind of stuff, you get away with it because no one's really watching. But maybe it just kind of get, gets ingrained in your game, and then you don't you don't yeah. adjust to it once you're playing in front of the cameras all over the field. So whatever the case may be, Gonzalo Jara, you you like he, he plays for uh, at Mainz in uh, in Germany. They want to sell him now, so I don't know who's going to buy him. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's an ugly thing, and hopefully, the message is made loudly and clearly that that stuff should not be ever be tolerated. Well, tonight you have uh, Argentina taking on Colombia, and then on July, I'm sorry, on June 27th you have Brazil taking on Paraguay, and then the next round, um, Peru taking on Chile, uh, July 29th, with the final being on our nation's Independence Day on July 4th. So be sure to, uh, to continue to watch the Copa America. Of course, and look, Friday night. If you're not doing anything, you want to watch Argentina, Colombia. That is gonna there's gonna be fireworks. I, I really think, even though Colum- I know Colombia hasn't been scoring goals, they've been struggling, but they've been playing teams that have bunkered in against them. Argentina is not gonna bunker. Argentina is gonna go at them. It's gonna be a it's gonna be it's gonna be a great game. I think there's gonna be a ton of goals. It's gonna be fun to watch. So if you're not if you don't already have plans for Friday, and you happen to have, and you have B in sports, you need to be watching. Argentina, Colombia. Well, that I visited in today's SBI show before I let you go for the day. I, I think we covered all, all the bases today. Yeah, I think we got them all. Um, and and, and I, I'd be remiss if I said, you sh- if you happen to have two TVs, you want to watch Argentina, Colombia, and USA yes. women against China. Not, not to diss USA women, China. You're going to want to watch that game. But if the U.S.'s attack is once again boring you, you then watch Argentina, Colombia. <laughs> that 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 will definitely not be boring. No, not at all. All right, Ivis. Well, I'm going to let you. Uh, I'm going to let you go. You enjoy the rest of the day, and uh, and I'll touch base with you this weekend, and uh, we'll have another show 
hopefully up Monday morning. And everyone listening, don't take my word literally. We will try to have a show up Monday morning. So if we don't, don't kill me on Twitter. I apologize. But we will try to have a show up Monday morning. <laughs> yes, we'll have a show up by Tuesday. <laughs> there we go. There you no, go. Yeah, that's the right. safe we're bet. Yeah. Right. We're, we're on a nice. We're on a nice run. We're, we're we, we've I don't know how many shows we've we've had two shows a week for a couple weeks now. We're on a run. We're getting into a nice rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I do have to say thank you to all of the listeners who gave us reviews. We we got a nice uh, batch of reviews in. Even the guy who gave us the crappy review, the who wrote like nine thousand words about why we're not that good. Even you, we, we'll take the criticism. We'll, we'll take that stuff into consideration. But. Thank you, all of you guys who gave us these most recent reviews because it's great to see. It's we love the feedback, uh, and keep it coming. If you haven't yeah. given us a review yet, definitely do. Uh, it, it definitely helps us a- as we try to make this show better. Exactly, and I have a feeling, Ivis, that that something may be changing where we could definitely uh, improve the show too. Don't go into specifics, but I, I definitely think <laughs> things could get better. Yeah, man, we're, 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 things are looking up. I, I got a feeling. I got a feeling that something could change in about a week and a half, and things could get much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll man. leave that so, tease out there. What? It's going to be a good summer. That's, that's it, hopefully. Yeah. hopefully. All right, man. Well, enjoy the rest of your, uh, your week, your day, your weekend, and, uh, and I'll touch base with you later. Yes, sir. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. As Ivis said, thank you for the reviews and the comments. That is Ivis Kolarsep. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBS Show. Yeah.